Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Look at your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 39, and you may be seated. And if you're watching us online, you probably already are seated, unless you have a weird way of watching. Uh, but we're glad you are with us as well. And today we're going to be continuing a series of messages that, uh, that I'm going to be bringing over the next few weeks. Started last week and it was entitled, or the series title was Here Comes the Dreamer. And, and I spoke about the loss of freedom. And I think after I spoke about that, that, uh, that subject, uh, looking at the life of Joseph and this 13 year journey he was about to embark on, uh, not at his own free will by the way. Uh, we, we heard some more news and it was probably it probably happened back in May. But what had happened was uh, some of the churches um, and were starting to push back because California had either enacted some laws or made some some seriously strong recommendations that churches couldn't sing, couldn't chant. And and uh, and, and so they kind of tried to cover everything in, in that uh, broad uh, sweep. Churches this week started to push back on that. So I'm not sure if it was actually law by legislation or, or one of those seriously recommended we're going to guilt you type of things if you do it. But churches are pushing back this week because we're called to worship him. We're called to lift up our voices to him. Uh, when you look at there's a there's a whole book in the Bible that's dedicated to just singing to God. And, and maybe you, you, you think about the Psalms as these nice little morning devotionals and they are they're great devotionals but originally they were songs that were sung in the temple 150 of them by the way and some of them were actually pretty long uh, and longer than some of the songs that we do and uh, but can you imagine having church and worshiping and not being allowed to sing uh, to, to what we experienced uh, on, a, on a weekly basis what we experience today would not be allowed well, there's some churches around the world that are forbidden to sing, actually. Uh, some countries have prohibited uh, churches from going. And so they have to sing and worship in, in very quiet tones. And sometimes they can't even sing. They just have to read the scriptures very quietly. Um, one of the things I'm convinced of, and I mentioned this last week, I do believe uh, we're entering into a season where we will lose some of our freedoms. Joseph was one of these guys who, like many of the Old Testament uh, heroes of the faith and even some of the New Testament ones, um, God was starting to speak at a young age. Joseph was 17 years old when, when he had started experiencing these dreams. And, and by the way, sometimes people want to know what, what, your, what your opinion is on certain things. Well, I am on the record and I guess I'm on, on, on video now, uh, but I am on the record to say, I do believe God still speaks in dreams. I believe in the last days the, that the, the young men will see visions and the old men will dream dreams. I believe God's word is true, that he will speak in, in, in amazing ways in the coming days. And just as he did in the past, he spoke to Joseph. Joseph had these dreams, but he made a mistake. He made a mistake of going to his brothers and, and telling them his dreams. And his brothers... Not only did they want to pour cold water on his dreams, by the way, that happens a lot. If God puts something in your heart, a dream, sometimes the enemy will, will put someone around you that will try to pour cold water and try to put out the flame of that dream. Well, not only did they want to put out the flame of that dream, they wanted him dead. 
And, and after second thought, they, they said, no, he's our own flesh and blood. We can't do this to him. Plus, it would take a lot to cover up. So we're just going to sell him as a slave. So they didn't quite come to the complete realization that he is flesh and blood. Because we wouldn't do that to our flesh and blood. But they did have a little bit of compassion. And so they sold the dreamer. And we're going to pick up the story in, in Genesis chapter 39 this morning. Genesis chapter 39. Uh, Joseph is now in Egypt. Uh, he, he, is, he has been purchased as a slave. And we're going to start at verse 1. The scripture says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly in his crops and livestock flourished. In the midst of, uh, of a sermon or maybe even a long um, grouping of words, it's easy to lose track of what the main point is. I want you to get the main point, hang on to the main point, and walk out of here with the main point today. And that is, God was with Joseph. And because God was with Joseph, he, he blessed him and everything he touched was blessed. He is with us. God is with us. And when God is with us, who can stand against us? And the scripture says in this passage that not, that not only was God with Joseph, but people started to recognize that God was with Joseph. The scripture says here in, in verse 2 that he succeeded in everything he did. And in verse 3 it says that Potiphar, the one who bought him as a slave, noticed this. And realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Now, this is not saying that Potiphar had some kind of a conversion experience. It's not what it's saying. It's what it's what it's implying here is that people are starting to notice that whoever Joseph is worshiping, something's different about him. So, so what happens is, and you've got this this Egyptian world and the culture where they had many gods. And so it wasn't a big deal if they took on a slave who had another God. That was okay. They, they knew that. They knew that they would probably bring in their own gods. But what was interesting is that God was blessing Joseph and that others were taking notice that, that his God must be doing something for him. And, and then the scripture goes on to say that Potiphar started being blessed because of Joseph. It doesn't say that Potiphar is being blessed because he has a conversion experience and he is now a follower of the Lord God of Israel. That's not what it's saying. It's saying because of because of the fact that God was with Joseph, the overflow of that was going to Potiphar, and Potiphar's experiencing this, and and so you might ask the question, well, why is this the case, or why was that the case that that this is happening? That but but I want you to really and gravitate to the idea that God was with him. And can God be with us at this stage uh, of what we're going through? I do believe we're going through some, some loss of freedoms. 
But I also believe the church is called to be uh, the ones who, who hears from God and sees God's words and, and, and then repeats them and lives them out. And so the world's going to look at us and they're going to say, here comes those dreamers. And they might have some other, um, uh, other defining terms for us. But that's what they said about Joseph. Here comes the dreamer. But ultimately, we want them to see God in us and God moving. Well, the reason that God was in Joseph's life was it was a it was a multifaceted plan, but it really went all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis where God walked with Adam and Eve. The scripture says in Genesis chapter three, and this is this is after they had broken fellowship with God through sin. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man, it was Adam, and his wife, it was Eve, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They had had this relationship with God where they could walk with him. They could have this evening stroll with God and experience this, this relationship and fellowship and enjoy his company. But sin entered in and it broke that fellowship and it broke that confidence. And so they did in shame and guilt. God wanted to be with them from the very beginning. From the very, very, from the very beginning, God wanted to be with you and with me. That was what his desire was, was to walk with us and to talk with us. God's always wanted to be with you. and He's always wanted to be with man. The scripture says a little later on in, in Exodus, we see 440 years after the time of Joseph. We're going to fast forward a little bit. It says that the Egyptians and all around had forgotten who Joseph was. And, and it says that God needed to raise up a redeemer. Moses became that man who would lead the, the Israelites out of slavery. And the scripture says that Moses got to this place where, where he was desperate for God to be with him. God had said this to him. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. If you go on and read that um, in, your, in your Bibles, the next verse, Moses declares something to the effect of, God, we, I will not move from this place if you are not with us. I'm not going to move another step, take another step if you don't go with us. We've got, to, we've got to come to a place as a church, as an individual believer, that we won't take another step without God with us. We've learned as a church to do church without God. I believe, I believe what we're experiencing nowadays uh, in these present times is the fact that, that many uh, are going through a time of falling away. There are many who are scared and sick, and so they have to stay home, and I get that. But I also believe there is a, uh, a, a great turbulence going on and, a, and an upheaval, and I believe that people are going to fall away. God's always wanted to be with us. And the enemy's always wanted to distract us. The enemy's always wanted to, to create some kind of separation. But as a church, we've got to say, God, I don't want to move without you. I read, a, I read an article from a, from a famous mainline church planting organization. And, and he, he made the investigation that back in 2004, I want, you, I want you to get this and I really want the numbers to sink in. Because if you've been watching the news, you see the numbers. At least you see the numbers on viruses. But I want you to see some numbers about the church. In 2004, after, and this goes a little bit in, in, against some of the, 
uh, some of the other popular statistics. Because when you ask a person, hey, are you a Bible-believing person? Do you go to church? Most people will say yes. Now, what their definition of that is can be a big, broad scope. But in 2004, this, this uh, report says that on a given Sunday, 17.7% of the population is in church on a given Sunday. Now, this goes against the 40% that a lot of people had thought back in that time. And so no, everyone agrees that church attendance has been on a decline for the last probably 40 years. So if you take 17.7 as your starting, uh, your starting uh, statistic in 2004 and it goes down and we don't know the slope to which it goes down, we know that the church has been in decline. That people haven't sensed this need to be with God or, or didn't sense that they needed to be in church to experience God and be around God's people. We, we've accepted, I think, as a people that we can move forward with or without God. And we've turned to our own selves and made those decisions. I, I think the church is in a revival stage or maybe the best way to say it is a pre-revival. And where, where God is... Is challenging us. Do we want to be with him? The scripture says that Joseph. Was blessed in all that he did. And he succeeded. And I'm careful to, to really mention this. Because I, I see a lot of people. A lot of stores that are boarding up and closing. And you're seeing them too. People are being unemployed. People are losing work. And, and, and we are in an interesting time. As our brother Jorge said this morning. We're living in interesting days. We're living in days when, when the prosperity of the world is people who had their hope and their faith and money are disappearing. I read another article where, where the average uh, Filipino living in the Philippines is out of work. And, and taxi drivers and people are, are, are not allowed to go out and make money. And so people are starving. I mean, we are blessed to, to at least be in a place where we've been able to. But there are people around the world that are experiencing great, great economic drought. But if God is with us, I believe that the church will experience success. I'm not talking about some kind of a prosperity where you give a dollar and you'll get a hundred. I'm not talking about that. I mean that maybe it's intangible. Maybe it's this, this idea that if God is with me, others are going to see that God is with me. And they'll, they'll see some, some level of blessing and success. I don't know exactly how it's going to look for every person and I don't think you can have a formula and an algorithm that would say it has to be like this. But I do believe that if God is with, with us, the world will take notice. And, and I believe that something will take place. Whether when we pray for someone, there actually could be people who get healed. Whether, whether we work a, a, a full day's work and our employer gets blessed by that. I don't know how it's going to look, but in, in the life of Joseph was an example of someone who lost his freedom. He had these dreams that God was going to raise him up to someone great. And yet in his present state, all he had at that moment was God. We're Things are being stripped away from our lives day after day. What happens if the church is forbidden to sing? Well, then I say we start having a rotating worship service at each of your houses and they'll, they'll have a hard time tracking us down each Sunday. We'll create some kind of way, but we'll sing. We have to sing. 
We have to worship Him. We have to lift up our voices because He is with us and, and everything in our heart compels us to thank Him for what He has done. Because without Him, we would be lost. See, it's one thing to have a loss of freedom. It's a one thing. It's another thing just to be lost completely. We can give up our freedoms, but we cannot accept moving another step without God in our lives. See, when He is with us, we have purpose and a path of life. The psalmist saying this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then Jesus continued this later on in the New Testament where He said to His disciples, He gave them the great commission to go out. And He says, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In other words, when, when God is with us, we have purpose and we have a path of life. We know where we're supposed to go, or we at least we know how it's going to end. You see, there, there are a lot of times when, when you have a competition, you don't know who's going to win. You, you might be one of these board game people and you love to play Monopoly. But if you've ever played with Monopoly with someone who's trickier than you, that game can go on forever. And they can make up the rules and you always have to go back and say, what, what did this rule say about selling this property at this time? And you never really know how the game's going to end. Let me tell you how the game is going to end. Jesus is going to be declared victorious. When God is with us, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We know the path of life. Oh, we don't know every turn. We don't even know all the downturns. See, the stock market prides itself in trying to anticipate or the people who play the stocks try to know and try to anticipate when there's a downturn and upturn. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we know that with Christ, we can have this fullness of joy. When he is with us, we can and should be content. The scripture says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think this concept is being challenged at this very time in the Christian society and maybe in the society around the world. Are we content with what we have? Because it's hard to aspire for even more right now in these days. There's, a, there's an Australian scientist, leave it to the Aussies to do this, but he, he took a bunch of female mosquitoes and he put them in a refrigerator to incapacitate them. And, and then what he did was he took... Uh, some forceps and he crushed the abdominal stretch receptors. I know you're like, well, what does that do? Well, what happened was he took them out after that little procedure and he let the mosquitoes feast on his arm. And as the mosquitoes had lost these abdominal stretch receptors, they kept, they kept drinking and drinking and drinking the blood until they exploded. And this happened over and over again. I think his uh, ultimate goal is to somehow figure out how to control mosquito populations in, in certain areas. Either that or he's just got a, a weird sense of, uh, of humor. I don't know. Uh, but there's, I think it's a, actually a purpose in that. But think about that. We, we as a society want more and more and more and more. And it's as if our, our receptors have been, have been clamped or removed. And we're, not, we're never satisfied. See, I believe that happened in the garden. I believe this, this ability to be content happened when sin entered in. And God says, when I am with you, you should be content. You should stop. You should be thankful. Because I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. In other words, I'll provide for everything you need. 
We don't need to be to be a greedy people. I think in these days we need to show that we are a generous people. See, when he is with us, we should be content. When he is with us, we can have church and we can be the church. When Paul writes the church at Corinth and he says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If we close the doors, and I've been preaching this since day one in this church, and that's about 19 years, is the church isn't the building. And in fact, if, if that becomes the case someday, that means I don't have to worry about AC repair. We don't have to worry about mopping it. We don't have to worry about opening it. See, the church isn't the building. And if we're prohibited from singing in the building and worshiping God the way we're called to, then we'll find another way. Because when he is with us, we can have church wherever. We can be the church because in us resides the Holy Spirit. Jesus had another encounter with a lady uh, at the well and his disciples were there and he has this great profound teaching moment with her. She asked, where is, where is the right place to worship? And he says, the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. And then she goes on to become a believer and then tell others uh, what Jesus had said. She goes on to become the church as she shares to those Samaritans, to those in Samaria. To you and I, if God is with us, wherever we go, we are the church. Everybody you come in contact with, you are a representative of God to them. When, when you and I are worshiping him, when you and I worship him, he is with us and we can be the church. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, and this is more of a Christmas passage, you might know this, but it's essential to our faith. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us and he's with us because of Christ, because of what Christ has done. He can be with us. He wants to be with us. I think the big question is, do we want to be with him? I think there is a falling away. I think it's just a precursor to, to even harder times. But I think the church is about to experience a falling away. And, and maybe this is going to be a time where God clarifies who are the true believers in the faith. Who are going to hang on to the very end. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in the church. Because I understand with this virus, there are some people more at risk than others. And we get that. But I think some people will leave the faith completely during these days. But he's called us. He said, he said about Joseph, he said, I was with him and I blessed him. And I want to do the same for you. In the vision that John receives on the prison island of Patmos, he hears the words of Jesus say to him this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The invitation is there. God wants to be with us. But we have to open the door to him. Would you bow with me and pray? Would you pray with me where you are today? Heavenly Father, as we, as we worship you, as we meditate on your words, God, it is so easy to, to not be content. 
to continue after more and more of the things that this world has to offer and find ourselves never satisfied. And never satisfied with the most important thing, and that is you and a relationship with you and a walk with you. God, would we start the conversation back up today if we have if we have gone astray? God, would would we open that door and invite you in to, to break bread with you? To share our lives with you. God, as you were with Joseph, would you be with us today? And Lord, would the world take note? Would the world see something different? Would there be power in our prayers again? Would there be, be a love and an action again? Would we return to our first love, Jesus? Be with us, we pray. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.